Welcome to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles, a podcast dedicated to the unique challenges and joys of parenting medically complex kids. Each week, we'll engage in discussions relevant to all parents navigating their children's illnesses. I'm your host, Megan Pa, a lactation consultant and mom to a medically complex child, here to share insights and support on this nurturing journey. Hi guys, welcome back to Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles, the podcast where we do a deep dive into everything baby wearing and breastfeeding, specifically tailored to our medically complex kids. I'm your host, Megan Pa, and today I'm super excited because I'm not just here interviewing a guest, but I'm hanging out with a friend. So today we have Tatiana Burgum. She is a wife, a mom of two. She is also um, a podcast host of Prophetic Justice, and that is a great, great podcast about the anti-trafficking movement. You guys definitely need to catch that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Apple Tunes. What is it, Tatiana? Help me out. Oh, she's fixing her mic. Anyways, let me tell you that we have been <laughs> friends for, I guess, going on 10 years, because Simone's oh on the side, right? And yeah. El- like Eloise is just a little bit younger than her. So yep. going on 10 years. So yeah. We're friends. Um, Our daughters are really good friends. Tatiana moved away from me five Mm -hmm. years ago. So super sad. I know we've only seen each other in person like once in five years. Yeah, it's been difficult. Yeah. But so today, um, Tatiana and I actually share like a unique connection. Um, And that is we are both mothers of medically complex kids. So you guys know Tyson's story. Tatiana's story is that when she she was pregnant with her baby, she found out that her baby had a arachnid, and help me if I'm messing this up, but an arachnid cyst on her brain. And so before she was a year, she had already had two brain surgeries. So really stressful, really big, really heavy stuff. So can you, Tatiana, can you just share a little bit about the moment of diagnosis and then kind of from there, the journey that led to her first surgery? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's still like, as you know, too, like looking back on these things is so weird because it's just as like, when you're in these phases of like trying to figure out what's going on with yourself or your kids, any health issue that you can't find answers to right away it your world completely comes to a halt like it's just as like you look back and you're just like I don't know how I made it through that but yeah and it's interesting too so we had had Eloise and she's now nine just turned we also I don't know like just even back up before that like we weren't really like we like I even like do I really want to say it but it's true we weren't really like on the bandwagon of having kids like that was just not our my husband and my like our like that was not what we saw in the future uh Eloise was like an unplanned pregnancy and it took a while to kind of come around to like the fact that this was going to happen and like it was going to be a good thing and so then I ended up loving motherhood and I was like you know what I think I can do this again (laughs) So we had met because you did the parenting classes when I was pregnant with Eloise. And we actually weren't like we were friends, but we were it was more like acquaintances. Yeah, acquaintance friends. Yeah. And um at that time I think you were like you had two of the kiddos. 
Or was yeah, it? I had Lincoln I and Simone because Simone's the same age as Eloise's, and then yep. Rowan is the same age as Esther. As is. Esther, yep, yeah, yep. So we weren't like super close at this point, but we, I, you were like the most amazing doula. You were so <laughs> awesome, and I was so like thankful to have you. You were at that time like just our birthing Bradley birthing coach, yeah. and so. We go on, we go on, we're a few years into parenting and I'm like, I think I want another kid. Like I'm praying for another kid. It was like, literally like just she, when we got pregnant with her, it was like an answer to prayer. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like God is answering my prayers. You know, we were like, I was excited. Jake was coming around to it. He probably has his own story that (laughs) he falls around this. Maybe there should be like a a husband version of this podcast. But we get to like our 20 week appointment and I will never forget. Like when you talk about a moment that just stops you, like time slows down, like you just will remember it forever. I'm sitting there. They're like super excited, right? Like, cause they're, you know, it's our ultrasound. And then I just think like, remember the nurse, like going completely silent and like just really long time. And I was like, what's going on? And without like, she, her bedside manner was like, not great she was like I think I just need to get a doctor in here and I'm like what and she's like no like the baby's there the baby's fine like moving but there's something on her brain or something in her head and I was like well you can't just tell me that and like what do you now we wait for who right. are we waiting for and so it took like 20 or so minutes for the doctor to come in for the doctor to look at the scans and she comes in and she's like, listen, there's something on the brain. We don't know what it is. I don't have answers for you. And then she said, too, she was like, if you want to get an abortion, like, you can. Because um, we don't know how this is going to go. And I personally am pro-life. So that was just not, like, that was not an option. But I always think back to that because I'm like, if I, if, like, to each their own belief on it. But if I hadn't been as strong as I was on my I like stance on life it would have been so I would have been easily swayed like okay I guess this is like probably the end like maybe I should just like do it because it's gonna be like easier and so anyways that was another weird thing that came out of that was like a man like how many women like based on fear and just like the unknown like decide to go down that road and um so yeah so we she's like it literally became a moment of like you have to come in weekly like this looks like a really big thing in the brain from what we know about this because at the time there was like not any research really about this like essentially it could grow to be her brain like the cyst would be the brain in place of a brain and they're like so she could literally just possibly die like at any point and I was like are you kidding? Yeah, come on, you so guys. You didn't even know if she was gonna you were gonna make it all the way to the end of your pregnancy. And then if you did, you didn't know if she was gonna live or how long. Yes. Yes. And that and you was still the- decided you still decided to continue the pregnancy. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because as long as we've been friends, I like we've talked about it, but I don't know that I never knew that story. That's a lot of strength, girl. That's a lot of strength. It is. I mean um also too like I really never want to like come in judgment around the issue of being pro-life or pro-abortion so I never but we're taught because that was just a moment where I was like if I yeah like if I was not as pro-life 
as I am, I would have probably done it because I just would have thought yeah. like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like this sounds like this is the end for the baby. But I just had this feeling like no one knows yeah. how a child's life will go. You can never determine. Like you have no, I mean, yes, there's like, you can look at past history of how the diagnosis has come out for other people, but it is not ever the same for every person. So you can't determine a life based on how you think it's going to go. So mm -hmm. that was like just pretty, um, that was just a solid thing in my head that like, no matter what, I was going to go through to the end, whatever that looked like to possibly the point of natural death, I guess you could say. Yeah. So from there, it was like weekly appointments. It was just like tracking this thing. There was talk of like possibly going in while I was pregnant and doing surgery on her head. But then it was like, literally, it was like, they would go in with like a needle, essentially, like through everything. It's so gross to think about. And they're like, this could work, it could help alleviate some things. And I just was like, that doesn't feel it like it. I just want this. I want it I want her to be out so that I can we can evaluate what's happening. Like, now you um, had a real God. I didn't. So not only did you have the really big decision of do you mm -hmm. terminate the pregnancy or do you keep going? Because they're telling you whatever. There's a percentage that this is this baby's not going to make it. This baby's going to have a cyst for a brain. Yep. And then you had the decision of later on, do we do surgery in utero? Do we yep. wait until she comes out? Let me ask you, does, do you feel like because you're having to navigate all of this that it um, made it more challenging to bond with her while you were pregnant? You know, I don't think, for me, it did not. Now, Jake, I think, has a different viewpoint, and I probably yeah. should have had him on as we're talking about this and I'm thinking about it, but I think it was like he in he kind of I kind of was like I'm gonna soak up every moment of this pregnancy because I don't know what the next day holds so I'm this was the baby I prayed for like I'm gonna embrace it but for Jake it was like a I think that I need to prepare for the worst and hope for the best so he emotionally definitely was like shut down yeah 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 what about for you because I I know like I mean yeah. Well, how was it for you? For uh, Yeah, for you guys. So we had um, with Tyson. So Tyson, his initial diagnosis was just that he had hydronephrosis. And that's very common. But every time I went back in, his kidneys were more and more swollen. And by like, I don't know, 32, 34 weeks, the, that was the only time where I was like, I didn't know he was going to make it because the perinatologist in my appointment let it slip that she had never seen kidneys as swollen as his. And the one other time that she had that baby's kidneys had burst in utero and died. And so naturally I spent a week freaking the heck out thinking that he was going to die and that, you know, he wasn't going to make it to term. And then I was smart enough to pick myself up and get a second opinion. And they were like, no, like that's the likelihood of that is super low. Yeah. And then he was born and we went through it all over again because yeah. then when yeah. he came out, as you know, and I'm like, you, you hit on something that, you know, you're so strong that you did this, but I, I think that it's important because they, we, we have to say they can't see everything like, right. They are looking through you. 
And yep. so when Tyson was born, when it was actually more optimistic when I was pregnant, they thought he had two kidneys. And then when he was born, they found out that. he only had one. <laughs> and so yep. then the diagnosis was more serious. Yeah. Um, and then we spent that week in the NICU where they thought he had to, he was going to need an immediate kidney transplant. And then the whole story was that with kidney transplants, you have to be 22 pounds and he was eight pounds. And they didn't yeah. think he was going to make it. And so then I'm thinking yeah. he's going to die again. Yeah. And so the there is a really weird thing that happens in your brain where at the one you're doing such a fast spectrum of emotions yeah. where you go from like all the love in the world you could possibly feel for anything, anytime, anywhere into this little baby to yeah. I'm also mentally planning this child's funeral over and over yeah. again in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And also hoping that's not the case and thinking, am I being dramatic? Am I missing something? Yes. And, you know, yes. like, and then on I got to get that, my like, together. We had other kids to take care of. Like on top yep. of that, you're also trying to give attention to the children that you already have who did not ask for any of this to happen, like, and need a parent who is present. And like, I, yeah, I think that could be a whole different podcast conversation is like, parenting oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. I think but, that I've already decided that we need to have like, multi, like a whole other podcast on like the husband, like the partners, yes. I mean, and like the siblings, yes. Yes. because they're, they're absolutely processing it as well. I yeah. want to, so when, okay, so fast forward, right? So yeah. when Esther was born, walk me through, like, I know the birth process, but walk me through when she's been born. Did you already have her, I mean, I'm assuming you already had her medical team set up. I'm assuming yeah, that you so already just, had an idea in place of what the next steps were. Can you walk yeah, me through? Yeah, we it? had, like, an amazing, like, it, when I look back, I'm like, it was only God. Like, so we... So during pregnancy, I'm going every week, like still there's not any answers. I went down the Google rabbit hole, which was so dumb and they told me not to. Mm -hmm. And then I had you as my doula. You were my doula for this one. The mm -hmm. prior pregnancy, you had just been like my um, Child inspector, I think. And yes. like, I think I, did doctor. I like be super crunchy here? Uh, did, I don't think I encapsulated her placenta too, right? Oh, yes, you so did. Like yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, which really saved me. I truly think both times that, that like was awesome. But yeah, and I remind, I mean, there, as you know, how any parent listening who's gone through anything like this knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say this, but I would literally climb in the crib that we would put together. Like some nights as a pregnant woman, I had like lost a ton of weight. So I wasn't eating well, but I was like trying to like, cause you get depressed, you you're yeah. pregnant you're trying to like be healthy for your child but like you're just losing it and so anyways I like looked better <laughs> like if I if you had looked at me from the back I never looked pregnant it was awesome and so <laughs> and so anyways so I'm like praying every night and I would like get in her crib and like literally pray in the crib like I would just like pray and cry in, in this crib, empty crib and I will never forget I like we were going through names I had a name picked out I don't even remember what it was but it like God was like, name her Esther. And I was like, mm -mm, I don't like that name. Like, <laughs> that's not the name I picked. <laughs> what? Another story you've never told yes, me. Yes. I don't think we have gone down this road. Yeah. So I'm praying and he goes, name her Esther and I'll heal her. And it was like as clear as day. And I was like, okay, awesome. 
So like I was like, okay, God, like I'll name Rester. And then I would like go back and forth because I like didn't love the name Esther. <laughs> like, um, but then finally he obviously God won and he was like, he would tell me as every time I would pray, name her Esther and I'll heal her. Name her Esther and I'll heal her. And I would get even angry because nothing was changing in the pregnancy piece of yeah. it. Like, you know, so I'm like, whatever, I'll name her Esther, fine. And so that is her name. Her name is Esther. So they had like a pre, like a team that like while I was pregnant and then a team set up for after I was pregnant, which I don't know what that would be like. Different doctors and different types of that. Like like, when you're pregnant, you have a perinatologist, the hybrid. But then interesting. So um, it wasn't like all pediatrician specific. Mm -hmm. It was like while I was pregnant, it was, like, people who, like, specialized in, like, essentially, like, babies who were, like, ha- had extreme health issues in the womb. Yeah. And then, like, specifically, like, brain. This was, like, neuro- yeah. neurological. It was so, I mean, but DC, too, has so many specific types of doctors. Yeah. You like, got a lot that, I mean, that is the one nice thing about the Northern Virginia area. It was area. such a, a blessing to be yeah. there. Yeah. And so, yeah, she, you were my doula when she was born, but we had a NICU team because they're like, you might give birth. Where did not you go? Her. I didn't ask you this. Did you go to Fairfax or DC Children's? No. Um. So I had, they wanted me to give birth in Children's, but I was yeah. like, no, I want to give birth in like, because at first I was, I really wanted to do like a home birth. That was like my diehard, like what I wanted mm. to do. Finally, the doulas at the birth center in DC or Alexandria, like persuaded me. They're like, really? Like, we would never say this, like, if we didn't feel it, but we think you need to go to a hospital. Like, we're not going to give you services. <laughs> like, really? Come on. So then I transferred over, but I did it at Fairfax and they wanted me to go to children's. And I was like, no, like, I'm just not doing that. I want to be in like a normal <laughs> setting, not. You no, know, this is like, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's like, no. this was a whole nother topic I, I thought of for an episode too, is that, and I, I don't know, obviously, because mm-hmm. I am not like a medically complex, like dot, like doctor expert, especially with yeah. her specialty with, with neuro and brain, but did her, did her, did her condition affect her birth? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we, no one knew what was going to happen. And that was why they wanted me to give birth in children's. Cause they're like, she might have to stay here. Like this might just be where she is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope, like we'll transfer, but I'm not doing that. And so she was fine when she was born, but they had NICU, like they had a NICU doctor, I think actually during the delivery, like right during the delivery. Cause they thought that they were going to have to hand her over. What they thought was going to happen was that her brain was going to expand essentially like very quickly because of how intensive labor is and especially the head like it's all can be messed up and the pressure and then the expansion of like going back to a normal size they thought was just gonna be like we might need to just rush her yeah and so yeah but she was fine at when she was born she was totally like nothing happened they monitored her um and they let her stay with me which was like one of the hardest things because they were like we don't know like based on what we feel could happen like if you'll see her like it was that like if her head expands and i'm like you know the head yeah yes and so they're just like 
if we see that something's happening, we're going to have to just like cut the cord and, and rush her in. Like that's just is gonna, how it's going to be. And so <laughs> thankfully, I think like you helped me be calm, but I don't think you knew the level of no, no, I really didn't. Like it's interesting yeah. because, you know, and do you know that I have gone back like in the years that we were together when you were still here and thought about it a lot in the sense that like, I don't know that I, because when we talked about it, I don't know that we really went in depth too much. I don't think I had a great understanding. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I had a great yeah. understanding of what was going on. And when you're on the outside, you're afraid to ask Absolutely. too many questions because, which is a weird thing because yeah. I think maybe now that like you went through your thing with Esther first and then because Tyson yeah. is younger, but now yeah. having, when I went through it, I realized I wish I would have asked more because yeah. you're afraid to as a friend, because you don't want to make the mom feel bad or hurt the mom's Absolutely. feelings. Or, oh my gosh. But, but as now being on the other side as the parent, it's almost like, I don't know if this is the right word, but like cathartic to have somebody help you talk it out. It you is. know, even if it's just yeah. about answering basic questions. And I, yeah. and so I was like, man, going back, I was like, I wish I would have asked more because I, yeah. I was confused. I didn't know, but I didn't want to ask. Yeah. Well, and I think a piece of it too is I didn't fully grasp, like looking back, I'm like, you understand more as time goes on, the, gravi like, the, yeah, gravity, the gravity of it all. Situation. And in my head, I think I made light of it. I think I just was like not wanting to talk about it. Like, yeah. so it was probably also me just not making it a heavy thing because I was already like, I had so much kind of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she was born, she was fine. And then um, they transferred us to the children's hospital in DC. And like, seriously, going back to like, it was only God, we got this neurosurgeon, John Miseros is his name. He was just like this like new yorker who just like completely just like gives it to you straight like but has such a heart for children like he's like i just see every kid like they're my kid i don't know how else to do this you know but he would just be like this is the reality of it like this is because i would ask like i don't want you to sugarcoat it just tell me how it is and he would totally do that which i love, I love that i think that needs yes. to be more like it actually makes me angry when doctors yes. try to sugarcoat yes. it i'm like stop it tell me yep. the, tell me straight up yeah also because when you're going through it, you're, and for, this is for me, I'm speaking for myself, but yeah. going through it, my brain is not functioning super well. I feel like I'm in like yep. this haze. And so I, it's even yes. more important for somebody to yep. just yes lay it out, lay it yep. out. Yeah. Yep. And he was awesome. And uh, literally the best doctor. But, and so I just remember he's like, you're like, when we got to the point, like, her brain, um, she got hydrocephalus. That was kind of yeah. like the, so that's like a liquid in the brain, around the brain. And it wasn't draining because she had the cyst in the back of her head. So like, it was like the cyst was causing just like a buildup of fluid essentially. And it was causing her brain to like, the head was huge and like her eyes really popped out a little bit. But she was, like, not in pain, which, as I look back, I'm, like, seriously, like, that had to be God, too, because she was totally fine, at least as, as far as we could tell. Like, she was not mm -hmm. crying. There was not, like, no, stuff happening. Was, yeah. He was fine. But he was, like, we got to fix this. 
And so he's like, we'll go in, do like a little incision, try to drain it, essentially drain the liquid and just hope that helps. And, you know, there was like a moment where we're like, oh, this is like brain surgery. Like, this is not just like, at first I was like, oh yeah, they'll just drain it. Like, no big deal. (laughs) And then it just was like, no, our daughter's having brain surgery. Like our newborn, she was three months old at the time. And I remember we were kind of like, do we do it? Oh, a shunt was the other like situation that we were like, maybe we'll put a shunt in. It was either like trying to drain it, put a shunt in. But he was like, if you put a shunt in, it's a medical device in the brain. Chances of it failing are like, she's going to have to get it replaced at some point. It causes damage. And so he's like, if you can go without having a medical device, like, let's try it. But if it doesn't work, she's going to have to have like more intensive surgery. Mm-hmm. Jake was like, let's do the draining, see how that goes. And I was like, nope, I want the medical device. Like, I don't want to even have to think about another surgery. So we like disagreed. And I remember finally we were back in his office and he's like, Tatiana, I need you to look at me. He's like, I have never done a brain surgery that has ever failed. He's like, I'm pretty damn good at what I do. And any other time, that would have been like the most annoying thing. But I can't even tell you just the peace that came over me. I was like, yep, this is the route we go. And so that's what we did. And there just is never a time like that is going to be, they will forever be in my brain the moment that he took her back in her little like gown. And they like made her feel like so special going down the hall. And like, he's like making her laugh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like our kid is going into brain surgery. Like what is happening right now? And um, God, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that that must be universal. The moment that the doctor, for me, it was the anesthesiologist both times that took Tyson back. And I'm sure Esther's surgery was a lot longer, but like his Tyson's first surgery was in there for four and a half hours. And, and, and I remember how sweet, like that, that will live in my mind forever. The moment where they take your baby and walk to the operating room. Yes. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was, yeah, it was a slow motion moment. And we really like, I think, you know, I think I would like to say I was like a little bit like just that waiting time. It was like a four hour surgery. No. Okay. I take that back. It was like two. Her next surgery was like a four hour surgery. So yeah. So we're waiting and it just was that like the, also the reality of like, we could not see like we don't know what is going to happen when he yeah, comes through you don't know what's going to happen again. like so he came back and like first thing he says is like she's totally fine but like just that moment of watching him walk through those doors and like i was like oh my gosh yeah and so she was she was it did drain it was good but then it essentially like didn't work she she it, like built back up the cyst was growing And um, we had to go back in for, like, another surgery three months later. And that was also, like, so she was in the hospital, like, I want to say a week for that first surgery. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, yeah, and then we had to go back in. And both of these, like, landed. It was, like, October for the first surgery. And then, like, the next surgery was, like, Christmas. And so it's always, like, a bittersweet. Like, I'm sure you know what that feeling of, like, oh my gosh, this time, you know, however many years ago we were dealing with something completely different in our lives. 
And so, yeah, it was interesting. And so we, I can't remember. So this is what I was going to say about the doctor. He was amazing. I never Googled him. He was always like, you can go get a second opinion, but he was so good at what he did and so confident that I never felt like I needed to because he was just brutally honest. And um, so we're in one, I think it was the first surgery we're sitting. I'm sitting in the hospital, children's hospital room with Esther in recovery. And a nurse comes in and she's like making small talk. And she's like, how did you get Amacero's caseload? And I was like, what do you mean? We just like, this was the doctor. Like when I called to make an appointment, this was him. She's like, what? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, he is like the most sought after pediatric neurosurgeon in the country. And I was like, no, he's not. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, he has like a waiting list of girl. That's, that's another God miracle right there. It totally, totally was. And I thought she was kidding kind of, because I was like, no, like, I don't know. Like he's kind of a a a-hole. Like he was totally who you needed. You know what? Who cares about bedside manner? If he is the best pediatric neurosurgeon, like, I don't care. You can say, hey, you to me. Like, yes. And so, so she leaves and I Google him and as sure enough, his name is like linked to like the country's top pediatric neurosurgeon. And I was like, what? Like, how did we get on his team? Like, now I'm like, got questions. We didn't do anything to get there. We just called, made the appointment. He was the one that we walked in. He was our, you know, he was her neurosurgeon. And so, yeah, again, another God moment. And I, he, he never answered how, because I, I was like, hey, like, <laughs> I heard this thing about you. That's kind of cool. I think he just, I don't know how it happened. I still don't know. It was God. Was and God. so, yeah, that was another thing that was like, man and even to this day sometimes I'm like if I don't hear what I want to hear now because we do have a team she goes in every year to get checked up by neurology like children's hospital here but I'm like if I don't like what they're gonna say I'm gonna call her old doctor he's gonna be honest with me but yeah catch us up like yeah checked out every year so she so yeah, so she had her second. Tell everybody how old she is too, because like I, she like, is currently this... six years old, and yeah. so she is amazing right now. She's she's seriously like it. That was another thing. Like we had the two surgeries, and I was like, God, like she's not healed. So like obviously, I shouldn't have named her Esther. Like that was <laughs> I got <laughs> I was gullible there, moment of weakness, and um. Yeah, so she had the second surgery. We moved back to Minnesota from the DMV area because we just needed to be closer to home. We weren't sure what the future held for her, like if she was going to keep needing surgeries. Mm -hmm. And we just couldn't be like away from family if that was the case. So we moved back and um, she has been completely fine ever since. Like it truly is like a miracle, truly. Like she had that surgery. She still has the cyst but i'm actually like truly believing that at some point it's gonna disappear like i just for some i don't know maybe it won't but anyway she's not been symptomatic i do have like ptsd though like i'm sure you know how that goes like Mm -hmm. um or even just like because i remember like they were like we're not like be careful when you fly because like the change in pressure pressure could like cause something so we flew with her for the first time this past like a few months ago i was like super scared because i was like what if we're in the air and she's like something happens like what are we gonna do and jake 
was like, you just need to chill. Like, we can't live in fear. Like, this is just not how we can continue doing this. So it's little things like that that'll happen that it's kind of like, okay, we're good. Like, yeah, something could happen. But like, right now, she's totally good. So yeah, it's amazing. It is a miracle story for us. I love it. That's so beautiful. Can you tell me, looking back, was there a specific support resource or person or a yeah oh man there's so many people who were like I couldn't have gone through this I would say like truly when I look back at it like having your family like um having Eloise and your daughter be the same age like knowing that we could go hang out with friends and like she could connect mac and cheese yes and like connect with other like she could be like around kids her age and like have a friend like a true friend in Simone versus like us dealing with all our stuff and then like also isolating Eloise like how unfair is that so I just think like find a family that like can align with your family because that really was super helpful same like when you guys went through with Tyson I remember I brought over like Doritos and like a massive bottle of Costco wine or something and lasagna (laughs) and I just put it in your fridge um and then before we moved we went on a family vacation with you all yeah and so I just yeah I know that was so crazy it was so fun and so we truly though I think it is finding like a family that is kind of like yours who um at least has the same age children and you can kind of just be with them like let your kids like be kids be kids away from the situation that we were experiencing was really crucial yeah absolutely what about you who do you feel was like do you have any moments of like looking back who yeah I I would say and what's funny is that we're pretty much pointing out each other because I found and it doesn't mean that they're not like the bestest and closest friends but like I have some people who and I think I may have been guilty of it myself you know a little bit with like what I mentioned it with you and I didn't when I should have asked or talked to you about it more when I didn't know when I was going through and when we were still going through it actually, obviously, but like in the beginning stages, when I was going through things with Tyson, I, I had friends who would like clam up and I got the feeling that they didn't, they needed me to move on as far as the comp, like, don't talk about this. We don't want to talk about it. We don't know how to respond to you. And that was difficult for me to navigate because yeah. I was like, am I talking about it too much? Did I mention it too many times to them? You know, am I like, I just felt guilty, but I think everybody deals with things differently. And yeah. it was, it's really weird. Sometimes I needed to talk about it. I needed to process it. And I quickly learned that some people just aren't that person for you. But I could always talk to you about it. And yeah, and like you were the one person like you and like just my mom and like my my yes, you had like the only people that I could talk about it to. And I had this weird thing where I felt like I, I, I kept track a mental record of who I had talked to the most about it. So then I could go to the next person. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I think I've talked to my sister too many times this week about it. Let me go to Tatiana. 
And then, oh, maybe I've texted her too much this week. Let me go to my brother. You know what I mean? Like I rotated you guys. I do my rotation. Yeah. So I don't know. For the people listening, it's like having somebody that you can talk to and that you don't have to check yourself with that is super important. Yeah. And I think too, like, I mean, so I've told this story about Esther many times, but, and I think like where I would, I listened to it too. And I'm like, I think I would turn off like myself at a, if I was listening to someone who, because so often the story doesn't end like it did <laughs> for us. And I would just be like, all right, and we're done because screw you. That's not how I went for me or not how it's going for me or whoever's listening you know and that's real those feelings of like okay great that ended well for you but it it hasn't ended well for me and that's another like reality that I think Mm -hmm. we have the luxury of quite frankly is like we're not living in it still and so uh, I'm super uh, honest about that piece of it but also like I like and I would love to say I've gotten better at dealing with like traumatic situations but when traumatic situations happen in my life I just want to feel some type of normalcy so like I won't talk about it I'll act like I'll go wherever I can just act like it's not happening yeah and so for me that was like a piece of my reaction was like where can I go who can I talk to and be around that makes me feel like how I want to feel normal yeah yep and so, but there's shame in that because there would be times where people would be like, Tatiana, like, don't you need to talk? And it's like, no, I really don't want to. Yeah. Like, I'm good. And so also normalizing that, like, find places where you can just go and feel yeah. like your old self. And that's okay, like, to do that. Like, that's okay, too. Yeah. Somebody, um, my aunt, actually, um, because she's a grief counselor, and she gave me this really great piece of advice, which is, and I'm going to say it again for people listening, which is when you're trying to figure out if you're the friend or the family member, and you're trying to figure out how to respond, ask them how they're feeling. Just Mm -hmm. straight up be blunt and like, how are you feeling about this? Do you want to talk about it? Like, don't, you don't have to project yourself or like even respond until you yeah. you feel them out first and i was yep. like man that's, that's really solid advice you it know is. like that's really solid advice because when it yep. comes down to it like if you're sharing this with somebody then you know they're a value in your life you care for them and they yep. care for you so like we want like you want to respond yeah like, in a loving manner and so the best yeah. way to do that is just to feel yep. them out So how has like Esther's resilience inspired you and how has it changed your view? Like, do you show up differently as a parent? Do you show up differently in the world and your view of faith and miracles? Like, Mm -hmm. are you a totally different um, person after this? Yeah, you are not the same when you go. And that can be for anything. Like, you know, so I had lost my mom very at a young age, like when I was in high school. And I really thought that was like the worst possible pain in my life I could have yeah. gone through, like, yeah, like grief, your mom. Yeah. everything like that. And so like you kind of like try to and this is just like how we normalize traumatic things. We try to like compare it to other things of like, well, I went through this so nothing can be as bad as this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I experienced that stuff with Esther and I truly was like, 
oh my gosh, like there's nothing more painful than dealing with something with your own child. Like that is like a different level of pain and grief. And so I think it gave me like almost like a release from this idea that like you have to compare trauma in your life and that um, there is like no right way to to deal with things. That's really good insight. Yeah, that was one thing. You don't have to compare traumas. Yeah, no. And and there is, like, the idea that you have to, like, at, be sad about something. Like, just the emotions you're feeling, they may not be logical to anyone else. Like, people do. They just can't judge a book by its cover. Like, you know. Um, the other piece, yeah, the spiritual piece. Like, now I, I mean, we... I always say, like, we're House of Miracles because God did a miracle. Like, so you cannot... There is nothing or anyone on this earth who could persuade me that miracles don't happen because I have like watched it. And so um, not to get like super religious, but not even religious, but spiritual, like um, I do prayer team at my church. And so I had heard a pastor talk about like when you overcome something, you have power to help another person in that area or heal someone in that area. And so God has like, whenever there's god just sends me people whose kids are going like through sickness and we pray over them and something happens like whether it's for the parent like peace or something for the child and we've had esther pray over other kids like it just is like the coolest like i just don't think i would believe it if i didn't live it you know so that's been another cool thing that's happened but yeah the spirituality piece of just like god it's only god like there's so many things that just you can't explain that's been the other piece yeah i love that i really do i love that esther's part in it that you're Mm -hmm. that esther is involved and yeah how does this is would you mind sharing how she processes it like i mean i don't know that she doesn't have memory of it like she doesn't have memory of it so this is like another thing yeah so we because she's now six, so she understands. And she still goes to and she still appointments goes to, every she's year. And getting checked, yeah. So I don't have a great answer to this. I'm still, like, finding that balance of, like, explaining to her, like, you have something in your head. But I don't want that to become her identity yes, either. Yes, 100%. Ooh, yeah. let's definitely talk about that. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you have to, because she's at the age where you have to explain why she's going to the doctor. Yes. You have to explain, and I don't know if this is her situation, but like maybe why you might be careful on airplanes or whatever. Yes. But um, you don't want her to identify herself as, oh, I'm the kid with the thing in my head or there's something wrong with me or. Yeah. And I mean, she still has like her, the bigger surgery she had, she still has that, that um, stitch there. And it's like no hair will grow around where that is. So literally, like if she puts her hair up, it's there and kids ask her about it, you know. And so there's like a very visible piece there that we have now had to navigate. Like, how do we explain it? And, I, you know, I don't know if I'm doing it right. So I'm sure like ask me another five years, I'll have a different answer. But, um, you know, another thing we've run into is like sports. Like she is really fast. She loves to run. Um, but they had told us like she can't do any high impact, like nothing that's gonna hit her head, you know, like yeah. 
we have to we live in minnesota so she has to watch for ice so we're always like putting a hat on her head to like have any like anything that would happen if she like falls back on ice or something and so it's like those things that were like but i don't want her to be afraid but i want her to be aware so it's like what's that look like how do we teach her that so if anyone's listening and has any suggestions (laughs) please let me know has Um, anybody pointed you in the direction of like child a child life specialist like where you live no you mean like a therapist or no so and i don't even know what that would look like for you but i do know so like with with Tyson's previous surgeries, he was still young enough where it didn't really matter. But with his upcoming one, he's fully aware. Yeah. Like he yeah. knows. Yeah. And we haven't actually told him because it's still too soon. And I do not yeah. need him thinking about that for the next no. few months. But no. we do have meetings with a child life specialist in the time right before that for her. Because yeah. I don't know what to I don't know how to talk to him That's about it. That's amazing. Oh so my gosh. She, that child life specialist is going to talk to us together. She's going to coach us on how to talk oh, to him okay. about it. And she's going to talk to him about it. And at his like his level, like at a five-year-old's level, like this is what, this is how we explain this to a five-year-old. And she also, what I love about her is that she also integrates the siblings because, um, especially with Tyson being the youngest and the other kids being older, you know, with my older two, like they're fully aware and get nervous and concerned. It can be hard to say the right thing. Like you just don't, you want to say the right thing, but you don't know what that looks like. Yeah. So, you know, I just yeah. I'm curious about your if it's true in your house, but Eloise has been like the best, almost like she goes like she'll talk to Esther. Like I remember when you had surgery. I remember like Esther, you have something. You're like she will just tell Esther, and I'm like, well, I guess it's out there. But like it's their sibling bond. Like it's like Eloise yeah. almost getting it out too of like sharing. Like hey, you went through this thing, yeah. you know, and it was really scary for me. And so that's been an interesting thing. And I haven't stopped it because I'm like, I want her to feel like she can share. But Esther almost has gained more understanding through Eloise than through us at times, listening to Eloise talk about it. So that's that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be really raw and and like open here. I don't know how Tyson perceives or understands it because bluntly I try not to talk to him about it and I don't I'm I don't know if that's right or wrong but I don't talk to him about it because I don't want him to identify it I know that he knows because he says it like he has to take medicine every day so he knows that he he says I take this for my weak kidney and yeah (laughs) but that's Um, true that's the truth it's cute yeah Um, and his siblings are like really protective over him. Yeah. Um, we like he's five, but everybody all still calls him the baby and treats him like a baby. Which, you know, I yeah. don't know. Like, I, I don't know that anybody, I think it's probably because I don't talk about it. I don't think that they, besides just being protective of him, I don't think that my other kids even talk to him about it because I, yeah. it must be some unspoken thing because of me that yeah. we don't address it but i feel like that's coming to a head soon like yeah yeah i am really curious I'm and have i have to have off. someone to walk through that though what an amazing thing i don't think i could do that job for a living <laughs> like, right oh right. my gosh what a beautiful job though yeah 
Yeah, there's some there's some angels walking on the earth. Yes, seriously, I truly yeah. think that there I've never met like a more amazing person than a nurse in a children's NICU or like a children's hospital. Like they yeah. were I don't even know. They were truly like angels and from heaven. I felt like they were so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what hope and what kind of encouragement would you looking back would you tell a parent who's just ex- at the point of diagnosis, what would you tell them? Oh, I would say don't go on Google, but you're going to go on Google. Like that's just going to happen. No, but that is so true. Don't go on Google. Don't yeah. do it. I think you <laughs> even said, I truly, I think it was you who said like, cause I remember talking to you about like, you're like where I got this information that I was telling you. And I was like, I got it on Google. You're like, girl, you don't go on Google. I was like, I know, <laughs> but I needed someone like a friend to tell me that. So it was good. <laughs> I would, I just, so for me, it was my faith. I needed to be like in deep, deep connection to like a higher power. That was like truly my lifeline. And without it, I wouldn't have, I would have gone into like a spiral of like complete depression, probably like just um, like a mess. I was already a mess, but to have like prayer and like worship music happening when I just like had nothing else to like live for it but like yeah um so finding some type of power higher power to connect into I think is really crucial I don't know I guess I think the other piece of it was just being okay that the best is just not your best like that was another piece of like Mm -hmm. oh I need to function at a higher level but it's just not gonna like I literally can't like today like and being okay with that instead of or just accepting, like, just like, okay, this is just what it is today. Mm-hmm. So instead of beating yourself up that you can't, like, work at this level at your job or, like, you can't parent at a certain level or, like, you are just, like, not, like, connecting with your children that you already have because you're so concerned about what's happening. Like, just know that, like, one, your child is going to be okay. Two, like, you will be okay. And three, like, just go like, t- I seriously just day to day. It really is one of those like day to day. A hundred percent. It's yeah. just day to day. Yeah. 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 I think that's really solid advice because even if your story is as beautiful as like Esther's is a miracle and a success story, like let's just even dial it back to like a perfectly healthy child. You don't know what the future holds. You know yes. what I mean? You don't. Yeah. So living day to day and in the moment, I can definitely tell you that I became a more conscientious parent and a more in yeah. the moment parent afterwards. Yeah. So, I think that's true. Yeah. And I actually, like, one thing I wanted to add to about don't Googling yeah. is guys, don't go on Facebook groups. I'm just telling you, like, I swear I was like, oh, I need a support group. Let me go on Facebook. Groups. I think we did talk about this. Yeah. That we were was like, on bad. Oh, that was so bad. It was so bad because y'all Facebook is like, it can be just doomsday, like on a regular day, like on a yes. regular feed, it's doomsday. Yes. You go into one of those, like, kidney disease chat groups and it's just like you know well, and they're literally there like you don't go in and just like say hey this has been a great yeah it's been a great day there's no, no success stories in there it's everybody telling you it's their worst day bad. yes yeah. it's everyone's it's worst day in one chat do do not do it don't, don't. do it 
Yeah, uh-huh. don't do it. That's that's the big takeaway from today. Don't Google, don't Facebook yes. group. Yes. <laughs> Not for oh this kind gosh. of stuff. Yeah, take it day to day. Take it day to day. Oh my enjoy, it. enjoy the moment. Oh my gosh. Tatiana, thank like, you so much. Yes. No, I was going to say, like, if I was to look back at a critique, though, it would be that, like, I totally babied Esther, like, way too much. And now I'm having over, <laughs> not over, like, I'm having to, like, balance myself now of, like, she's fine. Like, she's not needing me to do literally everything for her like nor is that healthy even if she couldn't I would need to like so yeah I found that like thankfully I realized it because that could have been a real mess yeah yeah. god you know so it's funny that you mentioned that because that's something that I've been going through this whole past year is that obviously like I think we we need to like that needs to be another like big topic that we deep dive into is the fact that it's very natural, I think, to baby your medically complex child. Yes. Um, and then we're yeah. we're really not encouraging independence and them and even though it's gonna some things are gonna be harder for them, like they need that. They need to be pushed yeah. and to to learn things on their own and to to have their own independence. And I'm I'm a hundred percent guilty of it myself to the point where it's like, so you know Tyson is doing a bonus year of preschool. Yeah. And that's yeah. because like he is so 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 far behind academically that I've had many conversations with his doctors because you know there's always yeah. that like Tyson's been under anesthesia a lot like not mm-hmm. just for his two mm-hmm. surgeries but he's had a lot of invasive perce- like testing yeah. that required anesthesia yeah I mean yeah. I if I were to tell you maybe it's six seven times and so yeah when they're under under anesthesia like that, it impacts their brain. Yeah, it does. And um, so like they don't, there's real, we're having real conversations. Like, is it because he's had so much anesthesia or yeah. is it because, is it my fault? Is it because I'm babying yeah. him and he's like, he's not even, he doesn't care if he knows his numbers from his letters or like what a circle is, you know, like like, mom will do the counting. Yeah. Mom's going to do this for me. She's going to, you know, color for me and tell me what the shapes are. And I mean, maybe it is my fault. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so in any ways he's doing a bonus here. So hopefully we'll, we'll just, and thank God that there are places, there are programs set up in schools for yes. that, so that oh when my he gosh. does have to go to kindergarten next year, we can get somebody in there to like help him. Yep. Because that's another thing that a lot of people listening are already like, obviously, if their kid has a physical, you know, yeah. complication and diagnosis, then a lot of times that, you know, educational piece is behind yeah. too, and they need help there as well. Yeah. So yep. there's a, it's so layered. Yeah. There's so much going it's, on. There's with so many pieces to it and I just think too like I will say like god thankfully if I was like the overthinking the school thing I think I because there are some areas and I'm like is this like because she just like is this like a brain thing like brain thing, yeah yeah and so but I kind of am just like well she'll either will help her catch up like she will mm-hmm. she will get through it yeah also I she has and I see this saw this with Tyson too is like he he will be just fine because like the skills that you sometimes don't even though it's good to go through school but those there's other skills that will get them further in life past their school years yeah no and they have it 
And that's one of the things that like, aren't we constantly counseling ourselves to like, okay. So like, yeah, maybe it is a a brain thing. Maybe it is. He had too much anesthesia, but you know what? We have things in place to help him and we're going to just navigate what we've got and we're going to get through it. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. No, it's been good. Honestly, this has been fun for me because like we've talked about stuff that we have yes talked about and i agree like crazy we're always learning something new i think that there's like so much too that like we've grown as people over the years too and so it's always fun to come back together and like see that growth in real time play out so that's always a really cool thing yeah so this was an honor thank you for having me on and yeah so for everybody listening um i'm so glad that you guys got a chance to hear from tatiana and hear her story about her daughter esther Um, because really, you know, her daughter has been a miracle and I think a lot, we, we need to hear stories of hope again, you know, you don't know what the future is going to hold, but I think it's important, you know, to prepare yourself and be resilient and have grit, but also have hope, you know, even in the face of like certainty, still a little, a little bit of hope um goes a long way so i want to i want you guys to also i want to encourage you to um tune yeah. in to tatiana's I podcast as well yes, prophetic yeah. justice twice a month on yes, spotify and apple podcast and come, yeah it's gonna it is really amazing guys and um come back we're gonna be here again next week um you can check us out on youtube and spotify and um I don't know. I got to figure out all the other streaming stuff. I'm still working on that. You'll get there. (laughs) New to it all. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode of Baby Wearing and Breastfeeding, Nurturing Miracles. I hope you found our discussion enlightening and that you leave feeling supported and empowered. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Tune in next week for more insights and conversations that connect us all in the shared experience of parenting. Until then, take care and cherish every miracle with your little ones.